Hey, what's up guys? Happy, happy Friday. I'm so excited that you're tuning in. I'm so excited it's Friday. Um, I, I don't know, I just had a good week. Lots of good stuff cooking up over here at Life Simplified and the Ally McGee podcast. And I honestly can't wait to share. Um, but before we get into that, um, I don't know. I feel like let's just talk about life for a little bit. I feel like this week was went really well for me personally, but it was still kind of hard because it's getting colder and like darker. I mean, frick, I'm in Arizona, so I can't really complain. But honestly, for me this week, it was so hard to get out of bed. Um, I really need to kind of reel in my habit of like waking up early, doing a really like nice morning routine and all that jazz um because I know that always sets me up for a success feeling amazing um but I guess I'll just have to keep chipping away and working at it um I need to be more diligent about it but um yeah I hope everyone else has been having a good week I know places in the U.S. are starting to get snow or it's getting cold and so my heart goes out to you when it's literally 80 degrees by the afternoon here in Arizona. Um, so sending you warmth and sunshine wherever you may be. Um, and okay, let's get into the good stuff. I'll stop blabbering and y'all are probably like, okay, let's hear about the giveaway. <laughs> Okay, I'm super excited because I believe, was it on Tuesday that I announced um, about my Life Simplified Yoga Mat Crystals Collection drop? So these are premium yoga mats comparable to brands like Lululemon, Aloe Yoga, Manduka, um, without the premium price. So I, some would say I'm a little bougie, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it for now. <laughs> but, um, so in the past I have invested in a, in an expensive yoga mat. Um, and it kind of hurts your soul when you like go to swipe the credit card. Cause like, you know, I didn't have that money at the time. So it's like definitely going on my credit card and I'm justifying it. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. Cash back for sure. 1.5%. Um, so I didn't want this to be the case for other people because, you know, I think everyone deserves premium products at a reasonable price. So Lulu mats started like 68, 78. <clears throat> Aloe yoga mats go for 100. Manduka's like 100 to 150. Just like asinine prices. It's crazy. All for a product that, to me, not that it's not worth it because it pays off. Um, you know, it's an investment. You'll have it. I think I had one of my yoga mats for like five years. Um, but I just, it's out of reach for a lot of people and they just don't have that extra money to spend on a yoga mat. Like they might have like kids to feed or, you know, other things to pay for. So it's like, we don't need to put all of our money to these like big brands. Um, 
So I've been working hard over the last six months and I finally, it finally came to fruition. Um, I created my own line of premium yoga mats and I'm excited to, um, offer up one to give away and, um, let me kind of run through how you can, you know, be entered to win a life simplified yoga mat of your choice and color. There's four colors. They're so freaking pretty. I'll link everything in um, the show notes so you can head over to my shop and look at the colors. And I have a feeling that will um, <laughs> kind of get your Heinean gear to go enter the giveaway. There's honestly endless amounts of ways that you can enter the um, the giveaway. So, <clears throat> like, if you you have the opportunity to, like, get a $50 product for free just by doing a few things and showing some support to my pod. So, let's um, dive into it. So, how to enter the giveaway. <clears throat> Subscribe to the Ally McGee podcast on Apple Spotify. Super easy. You're already listening now. Hit subscribe and boom. That's the first way. Two, give a five-star rating. So right when you're subscribing, go down below, hit five stars. And then third, <clears throat> write a review. And then before you hit send, send, take a screenshot and then DM me on Instagram on either my podcast um, Insta, which is at the Allie McGee podcast, or um, my personal, which is at Allie McGee underscore. So that is how you get <clears throat> your first entry. You have to do all those three three things to get your first entry. And then for additional entries, this is where it gets fun. So I'm posting at 9 a.m. a picture um, with the rules as well for the giveaway, but you have the opportunity to tag a friend in the comments who you think would benefit from listening to the show. That's one entry for each person, no limits. I'm being crazy right now. Um, share this post on your IG story. Two entries for that. Follow the Ally McGee podcast on Insta, one entry. Follow Life Simplified, one entry. And I know some of you might already be following these things. So if you already are, it's an automatic entry because you an OG you with me from the beginning. So there's a ton of ways. I'll be sure to list everything in um, the show notes so you guys know, or you can always pop over to my personal Instagram page and check it out. Um, but this offer is valid until November 7th. So that's, you know, eight days from now. So you can do, honestly, this is what I would do. A little bit each day. Set a timer, tag a few friends each day, boom, boom, boom. You have so many entries, but I shouldn't give away some ways to like do this. Um, anywho, um, I would just love for, you know, my podcast is growing, my brand is growing. I want to give back and share some goodness. So I would love for some support with, you know, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all the things. And then, um, and sharing with friends because I think um, everything is better when we are with our friends. So that is a super fun giveaway happening from now until... 
Saturday, November 7th. So get after that. Um, and good luck to everyone. I hope I can't wait to see how this like unfolds. I'm a little nervous, but a lot excited. <laughs> I feel like that's like anxiety and nerves and just like, I hope this goes well. I know it'll go well. Um, anywho. Okay. Let's dive into today's episode. I'm really excited about today's episode because um, this is a friend who I got connected with maybe four or five years ago, and not only is she a physician assistant, but she's also a registered dietitian. So she's just got massive um, knowledge and education and experience in the nutrition world. So her name is Heike Hilker, and I'm so excited to just sit down, pick her brain, and learn from her. I learned so much, and so I hope that you guys learned um, a ton as well, because her approach to nutrition is so, 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 so simple. Um, that she just has these massive results. I think when we make things far too complicated in any aspect of our life, whether that's, you know, like nothing complicated ever worked out well, like relationships, all these rules and boundaries around food. Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but when we keep things simple, especially with food where there's a lot of emotional strings like weaved into it and things like that, um, we can really have the most success. So I'm excited for you guys to tune in. Um, She's amazing. She brought so many actionable tips and tricks. So you might need pen and paper for this one, but without further ado, this is Heike. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to the Ali McGee podcast. I'm here with Heike Hilker, um, who is a registered dietitian and physician assistant. I'm super excited to sit down and chat with her about nutrition um, because we met, oh gosh, how long ago? Maybe four or five years ago? Um, in the functional fitness space. And um, we've stayed connected through social media. And um, it's been really fun because she is just putting out amazing content in terms of nutrition and helping people build healthy habits. So obviously I had to pick her brain and get her on the pod to chat. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I'm excited to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. This is exciting, Allie. Of course. Yes. Um, Let's just kind of jump right into it. Can you kind of share a little bit about yourself, your educational background, and what you do for a living? Okay. So um, I'm originally from Europe, right? I'm born in Germany, and then I moved to United States. Um, I thought, you know, I could just pick up my life here and like just keep going. Well, that didn't really work out so well, right? Because the education background in Europe is completely different. So I actually started a, um, I was in financing actually, I have an accounting degree, which is really funny. I don't really like numbers. I don't know why I did that at that point. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I started fundraising for the Leukemia um, and Lymphoma um, Association. And so I actually ran marathons and I fundraised money for them. So this is kind of like, and I always like was into sports and stuff, but I realized at that point that people really didn't know anything about nutrition, what to eat, what to like, what to drink when they're like training for marathons and stuff like that. 
And that's kind of like how I got into maybe I can teach people how to do that, right? So I went actually, and um, I went, I had to start from scratch school. So I went to Mesa Community College. I got all my like, you know, those O91s and the O92s, like all those like super low levels, like math and English and English as a second language and all of that. So I had to take care of all of that. And then I ended up at ASU. I got a um, a bachelor's in dietetics from ASU in 2007. So I got an internship after that. I went to, so you need a dietetics internship to become a registered dietitian. Otherwise you just have a bachelor's in nutrition or dietetics. So it's a little bit, a little bit of a longer road, but um, I went to Iowa State to get my internship and then I worked as a dietitian. So since 2007, I've been working as a dietitian. And so different venues, different things, um, long-term care. Um, I always wanted to go into sports nutrition, you know, like everybody has that, yeah. oh my God, I want to work with athletes. Well, I actually did a little bit of an internship in like a, a training facility. And I met a bunch of like the really cool NFL players. Larry Fitzgerald was one of them who was a really, really amazing to meet him. And so I prepared, like I was working with the cook and uh, um, the chef, I should say she was, she's a chef. So I was working with her and I was developing recipes and all kinds of stuff. And they also have a dietitian there, which was really cool. But then I kind of realized that it's really not my thing. You know, when you're looking for your avatar, I'm like, yeah. it's really not my thing. I like working out, but I really don't want to talk to athletes about food. It's mm -hmm. really kind of interesting. So I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I, um, I worked in like uh, ICUs. I worked in long-term care facilities. I have a thing for older people. Um, I think they have cool stories. And if they make it to like 98, they probably did something right. Yes. So they're just really amazing. So this is kind of like... Um, I mean, it's just an involving thing over time, right? And so I ended up working my last job as a dietitian. I was actually working in a step down ICU and I was doing tube feeds. Um, so artificial nutrition um, through tubes and like um, IV. So they were intubated and sedated my patients. And it wasn't really anything about education per se, more with the patient's families than the patients itself. But then I met a guy who is a PA, who's a GI, um, a gastroenterology. So he's a, he was a PA I was working really closely with. And I was also rounding with the, um, with the wound doctors um, because everything is based on nutrition. And so the GI guy has a lot of Crohn's disease. So I got, I got involved in that uh, like a lot actually. And so the, the PA that I was working with, he told me, because I was looking to get a master's in dietetics, but it's not a step up. It's just, it's the same plane. Like lateral. Yeah. 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 There's no, there is no, you don't make any more money. You don't get more responsibilities, whatever. Right. And so I still, I was looking for a little bit more than that. Right. And I wanted to get away from the hospital. Um, mm. Yeah. So, cause I was, I was kind of just done with like the germs and like all the stuff that comes with it, the death and all of that stuff. Right. So yeah. he told me that I should just look into becoming a PA. And I'm honestly, I am, I don't go to the doctors a lot myself. I think, I mean, I don't have to, which is I'm grateful for, but I've never really met any other PA besides him. Right. So I've never really even looked into that. Right. Yeah. Um, there is a couple of cool PAs that were working though at the, at the place in the hospital I was, I was with. And so I kind of just started talking to them and like literally like i was just like 
that sounds cool. I'm just going to apply. <laughs> and I got into school. I was like, okay, well, now I'm into PA school. It's pretty rigorous, actually. You have to interview. Um, I want to say when I interviewed for, so I went to NAU, which is downtown Phoenix. Mm. They have a, the campus for the PA program is downtown yeah. Phoenix. It was pretty um, competitive. Um, I want to say we had a thousand applicants um, and only 50 of us got picked. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, it's pretty hard to get in, but it's, um, it's a pretty rigorous program. So it's two years. And so I graduated in 2016. So um, it was a rough road though. I mean, it was yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. The first year is just basically like med school in yeah. four years packed into two years. And then, um, the, I mean, it's just really hard, but it was worth it. And we yeah. made it and we came out in one piece. And, <laughs> and as I was going through my rotations, so you have, um, rotations every four weeks, you have to go and like, do like your basic rotations, you know? Um, but I kind of realized that I really want to combine the nutrition with medicine, right? Yeah. So what I know already, and I kind of want to do that as like more preventative care. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up working in endocrinology. So endocrinology is, um, you know, like it's the endocrine system. Obviously, there's like pituitary adrenals, there's the pancreas. Um, there's a lot to it. People think it's kind of boring, but it's like super hard, I think. And it's very complicated, actually. So I have been working in that field for the last four years. And within that field, I like kind of specialize in diabetes, weight loss, hormones, um, not so much hormone replacements, but um, I deal a lot with autoimmunity. I have a lot of people with Hashimoto's. A lot of people have you know, uh, underlying other underlying autoimmune diseases. And so um, that's kind of like what I specialize in. I have a lot of type one, type two diabetics. Um, so there's a lot. So diabetes is a lot of um, actually that whole anything that I do. I had 17 educations yesterday and like, yeah, 17. <laughs> My jaw just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they go anywhere from like, um, I don't feel good. I have fatigue. What do I need yeah. to do? I don't sleep well. What can I do food-wise to sleep? I have a diarrhea. I had diarrhea yesterday for some, some, I had to talk to them about fiber. I have people that yeah. have patient. I have people that are underweight. I had two educations to actually like beef somebody up, which yeah. is actually really hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really hard. It's actually harder. I think to actually to do that versus like drop weight. Yeah. Oh, drop weight. I don't know if you can come across that too in your, yeah. Right. Yeah, really hard. Really hard. People, yeah, people are really worried about gaining a pound. It's yeah, it's all it's a lot of mental versus yeah. in fixing those problems before it the weight sticks. Yeah. And um, I, I sorry. Oh, what go ahead. There? Yeah, I don't have a and so there's all specialized uh, dietitians, right? So I don't I'm not specialized in eating disorders, and so it's a uh, it's a really fine line to to walk on, but. Um, mm. You know, I, I keep it pretty simple and obviously I, um, I refer out if I have to, but I mean, it goes anywhere from, we talked about blood pressure yesterday, um, you know, cholesterol, everybody's on keto diets and then yeah. like, I don't know, coming after keto, we're going to probably go back to Mediterranean and then yeah. back to paleo back to whatever but it just cycles <laughs> it just cycles and it all comes back to just like eating regular food right which is really mm. interesting so 
Um, yeah, so yesterday was really interesting. I had a couple insulin pumps, which are super cool for me. Yeah. I love my type one diabetics. Um, but you know, it's, it's all just about making people understand how the body works. And I draw a lot of stuff out. Yeah. I explain how the organs work. I explain why they actually develop, you know, like the fatigue and the, the, uh, the belly, everybody wants to get rid of belly fat. Right? Yeah. The hardest one to get rid of though. Huh? Isn't it the hardest one to get rid of? It's like the last yeah. place. And and you don't really, you can't spot reduce, right? I mean, yeah, man, it really is. Hard. Yeah, yeah. And then insulin resistance is a real thing, right? So I have, and I have a lot of people with PCOS, a lot of women with mm. ovarian, um, and then they have everything going on, right? They have elevated cholesterol. Yeah, everything's up and everything's down. Off. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a bunch of them want to become pregnant, so they have to get their weight under control. And, yeah. and then, you know, lots of counseling on like, don't, don't go on the scale every day. Uh, don't weigh yourself every day. It's a, it's a lot. So 30 minute educations is what I do. Um, it can go, I mean, it, it, I, I don't, sometimes I don't know where, where we're going to end up because people have all this like sometimes it's just a lot of crying and I have to like, cause it's very emotional for people to lose weight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you came across that too. It's not, yeah. I wish I could just say, put the fork down. No. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's like that. yeah. I've found that food is, food is emotional. Like we eat when we're happy. We eat when we're sad. It's a coping mechanism. Um, yeah. and it's these habits that are ingrained in people for like decades. So to start like on like binding and kind of releasing these habits is really, really hard. Um, especially, um, if their environment doesn't support them. Yeah. Um, I think that's, it makes it just extra hard on people to shift their, um, habits um, it sounds like you obviously are doing amazing work and you're doing so much. Um, it's so, I, you're so cool. I'm so, I didn't know so much about you. Um, this is amazing. It's kind of evolving. Like it's evolving and like, yeah. you know, and I'm not like a spring chicken, but I'm like, you know, it's kind of fun where you, you don't know what's coming. Right. Yeah. And I, as I was saying, I always wanted to work with like athletes and now I'm like completely, totally different right and i have a i have a lot of dietitian friends that are and we all do something completely different none of us do the same thing yeah everyone's got their own like niche yeah yeah um i want to kind of backtrack to the pa um and just kind of hash that out really quick i don't think a lot of people understand um the value of a physician assistant so while i was working in primary care it was my first job out of college i was working in primary care and um, you know, I'm receptionist, answering phones, booking patient, you know, appointments, all that jazz. Um, and some uh, patients would really, really, really despise seeing a PA, but I don't think that they would, they understood, you know, their education to get there, um, that they have to work under a medical, you know, medical doctor, um, and that they really have just about as much prescribing power that a medical doctor has. Mm -hmm. And usually their availability is much better. Um, yeah. Can you kind of go into maybe the difference between a PA and an MD really quickly? So 
I mean, obviously a medical doctor, right? A ton of education, right? Tons. I mean, you're talking about like, I mean, they have, they have to do their basic med school. And so after they're done with that, they get their, they get their doctor, right? They're a doctor. Yeah. Um, but then they need to go through a residency. And then, you know, so my, my endocrinologist, I mean, he probably has 12, 13 years of just education because they go through fellowships, they get specialized, and then they have other specializing, you know, like they specialize yeah. in other things too. Like a lot of them work as an internal medicine and then they get another, uh, you know, um, specialty on top of that, right? So, yeah, I mean, doctors go through a crazy amount of education and I, I love the doctors that I work with. They're pretty cool. Um, they treat everybody the, they treat everybody the same, which is really very they're very respectful and because yeah. everybody in an office obviously has the same value, I think. Yeah. Yeah. From the cleaning lady to, you know, I don't right. Percent. Yeah. We wouldn't I wouldn't be able to see a patient if I wouldn't have everybody else like doing yeah. the job. It's right. a team. Yeah, it's a team. So my so my education obviously is way I have a way shorter um education when it comes to like med school right than yeah. my doctor um but i have the same prescribing power so i i i do all my own prescriptions and it goes anywhere from um cortisol injections to um like yesterday i had like some people with like tummy aches and, and i i mean i get i do testosterone for like males testosterone injections and yeah. um we do we do like hardcore drugs too, if we have to, right? Like yeah. opioids, which is not, not something that I see a whole lot, right? But yeah. um, I do all my own insulins. I manage all my own blood pressure medications, my cholesterol medications and everything. So you can, you can see a PA in my office. You can walk in and see somebody right away. Um, we're an extender for the doctors. Mm. So if the doctors is, if their schedule is super full, and you need to be seen right away, you can see a PA. So my doctor sees every, uh, his schedule is every 15 minutes. He has a mm. new patient, right? Oh. So he literally goes from like one room to another, to another, to another. And he has a, we have scribes and stuff, yeah. right? That's kind of like following and that's yeah. like- doing all the writing and stuff like, like that. Yeah, speeds everything up. But I have 30 minute appointments and I have the pleasure and the, uh, yeah, I, I actually have the, the pleasure to like spend more time with my patients, right? So I can explain a lot more. I can take my time. Um, I can I can dial it in and down to 15 minutes if I have to, but people are, I don't think people really are aware of that, that we can, I can prescribe just as much as a doctor. Yeah. I'm obviously, I mean, I'm only a PA for four years, right? My doctor has been a doctor for 15, right? I mean, I can't compete with that and I don't want to. Yeah, but um, we definitely have. There's definitely a huge value to see a PA, right? Totally, totally. I mean, yeah, and a lot of. Uh, I mean, there's PAs everywhere. There's PAs in OBGYN. There's PAs in. I have some some GI PAs that I know. I have PAs that work in um, primary care. My friend yeah. is primary care. I have another friend that works in endo, just like me, endocrinology. So. And yes, we do have a supervising physician. So it yeah. doesn't mean that I have to be in the same building. He doesn't need to sign my notes or anything. It's just, um, it needs to be a phone call away, right? So, mm -hmm. and I, we, we email a lot, we text a lot. I'm on, I'm on my phone like all day long, kind of like asking him questions. If I have a hard case, 
I don't really know what to do, but the patient needed to be seen right away. And I have a little bit of an idea of what I want to do. I just basically um, shoot him a message real quick. And I'm like, hey, this is what I have. I have like a 20 year old with X, Y, and C, and this is what I'm thinking. And then he's adding a couple extra labs. And then I actually, I get the footwork done. And then he, they, these patients will actually then go on my, on my doctors in like two weeks, they're going to be on his schedule. Right. So yeah. for the but then we have all the labs taken care of by the time he sees them because yeah. honestly, like endo is, if you don't have any in endocrinology, if you don't have any labs, like the appointments, like worthless, it's like we're wasting kind of like people's time. So yeah, sometimes I just need somebody to actually kind of like figure out what needs to be done footwork. And then yeah. that's what I do. And I don't find that um, degrading, like some of, some of people might think, right. And I'm like, no, I'm an extender to my, to my doctor. Right. And he values what I do. And I'm really, really good in diabetes. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't want to pat myself too much on the back, but no, I'm like, you have I'm to. Digging, I'm digging weight loss. I dig like all of that stuff. That's like, that's what I love. And that's my passion. And so I can definitely make an impact with all my diabetics and my, you know, my PCOS is they do the PCOS really well with me and Hashimoto and, yeah. so, and you know, they, they just need more time. So my doctor doesn't really have that. And yeah. he needs, yeah. So he sees a more like the, we have a lot of cancer patients. And so he sees like the hardcore, yeah, you know, adrenal stuff and pituitary tumors. And, you know, like, I mean, there's really, really cool, interesting things in endocrinology. Yeah. Um, I love that you have more time to sit down with the patient and establish a relationship. Um, I find that when patients have a better relationship with their physician, they're more inclined to like one, listen to what you have to say and then make those changes for themselves. Um, cause it's one thing I feel like if a physician comes in and they're like, okay, um, do X, Y, and Z and your diabetes will get better. You'll lose weight or, you know, whatever it might be. But when people don't understand the why behind these things that are, that are happening or why they need to make these changes, they're not likely to make the change just because someone told them. Like, I think a lot of coaching and education is like getting to the root cause of like, X, Y, and Z habits are like causing you to feel this way. So like we need to like backtrack and, and kind of revert these um, things. Do you find that that's the case for you? Yeah, so for, for sure, right? Like even yesterday when I had um, all those educations, there's, there's always one or two people that are like, oh, that's why he was telling me to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah. So, and I feel like, um, especially for... For like people that are on medications, I, I always go over every single medication. I will actually ask them, I'm like, why are you taking this medication? When are you taking this medication? And what do you, what do you think, like, what do you think is the side effect of it? Mm. And so people need to be educated and I always do that. So that's a big part of like, and then I kind of like weave that into, okay, so this is why you need to um, you know, eat food with your medication. This is yeah. why we're telling you, or this medication, like vitamin D, I don't think a lot of people, well, I, I hope a lot of people know, but a lot of my patients don't know that vitamin D needs to be taken with food, right? It's a, it's fat soluble. So it likes food. So if you want to have a better absorption, you should take it with food. And so a lot of people, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> And they just take all of their medication together at the same time. And I'm like, no, there's a reason why we're telling you things. But 
obviously and i want them to be a better patient right because yeah. so weight loss um all like all of that stuff that people are going through like you know people are going to be a better patient and a better person if they understand why we're doing x y and c yeah. and the more power so my diabetics i tell them they got to own their diabetes yes once they own their diabetes they're like they're golden right i mean yeah. but you gotta step up to the plate right if you just swallow the pills and you're just kind of like going and you know going along and just kind of like oh yeah well i'm like he added another medication right and i'm like if you if you don't own it you can't fix it right mm -hmm. so it's it makes a huge huge difference my patients do really they do really well right i mean they just do so um yeah it's that's why i love it because you can really fix it that's why i love weight loss that's why i love um people are like they have more energy they have less joint pain right so you know when i when i do my my facebook posts and stuff like that all of the stuff that you see on there is like driven by something that i talked about at, during that day yeah no i love I'm like yeah i'm like okay walnuts okay i talked a lot about walnuts today let's yeah. about nuts walnuts. and seeds. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I the so other day I did my, did you see my, um, I did like a protein, right? Protein. Is oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And I was driven by a conversations I had that day, right? Where I'm like, okay, let's talk about protein. Like yeah. what is it, right? Yeah. And, so, and I did a post on it. I'm like, okay. And people have found it so valuable um, because I think for us, this is a natural, um, like, of course, like we should know that, duh. But a lot of people, um, I think through, a lot of people don't know these things. I think our education system is extremely poor when it comes to educating, you know, people on the basics. I mean, even in school, like you get the healthy plate. And honestly, I think government standards are kind of like a load of crap. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think that you have to take your health and wellness kind of into your own hands and um, own it. Like you said, I find that it's maybe an extreme comparison, but like Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to like own that you are an alcoholic before you can continue through these next steps. But once you own it, it's easier to commit and make change and stay sober. Kind of like diabetes, you commit to it. It's like, okay, this is my identity almost. And then now you're able to really take action towards, you know, managing it. But I think when people are in that gray space of like, I'm just, you know, I have it, but it's like not really who I am. And, and they're just kind of wishy-washy. It's hard to like for them to commit and get results and stay, you know, just stay committed to what they need, need to do to be healthy. Um, so let's go. Oh yeah. Another side note on that before I forget to tell you, like, a lot of people use it and they blame their diabetes yeah. or they blame i i mean hashimoto is notorious right people that have thyroid issues they're you know and i feel them right i, I honestly i mean i don't have diabetes i don't have hashimoto's right so but i've i've been dealing with it a lot and so i i have to tell them you know like your Hashimoto is not the reason for you to be overweight i'm i'm just going to be like pretty clear to them right and some people, you know, I mean, if they know that I'm German, I'm pretty direct, you know, and like when you walk into a doctor's office, we don't need to beat around the bush anymore, right? I mean, we, yeah. it's a tablet, right? You're there, you're there for a reason, right? So I don't have time to like really like, you know, 
Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say that, but it's like, it is what it is and we've got to fix it, right? So I, I have to tell a lot of people, I'm like, I understand you have polycystic ovarian, you have all these values, um, these, all these um, things working against you, but you've got to own it and you've got to work on it, right? Yes, you're, you're going to have it harder than somebody else, but I know a lot of people that do really, really well with it and then it's not holding people back. But and that's exactly like, if you don't own it, it's just going to hold you back right and it's like super important right it's like okay it's established let's move on what yeah. are we going to do about it yeah so don't blame your sister don't blame your family yeah. don't blame the, the roommates that don't want to eat healthy because yeah. they don't want to eat your food. i have all like i have all these excuses. you've heard you've heard every excuse under the book, <laughs> like, okay, the book. Where, where are you in in all of this are you going to be force fed by your family because you're really not okay yeah yeah and like, I don't know. And then motivation, right? But people want to be motivated, right? And hmm. so, yeah, I started like a new thing where I'm doing a lot of um, Facebook Messenger now. Um, I invite people to be part of my Facebook Messenger if they want to. Yeah. Um, and I, I send like little things out like every two, three days, like little encouraging, like just hmm. in general, right? Just, hey, how are you? It's Wednesday. You know, yeah. we're almost done with the week. Let's do this, right? If yeah. you're right. Just like some, that's all people need a little cheerleader, right? Like yeah. Yep. Kind of going, right? So. Yeah. I love that. That's so, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Community and like a little bit of like cheerleading to help people kind of like keep going. Um, yep. Because when you're changing habits, it's really, really hard. Um, it's emotionally taxing, it's physically taxing, like all the things are just happening. So it feels like it's chaos. So having, you know, a place where people, um, are like-minded, I think really, really helps. And having someone kind of like pull you along the path um, to yeah. greatness is I think really helpful. Yeah. Um, let's kind of cruise into some nutrition. Um, sure. Obviously a very blanket statement. Um, why do you think this is, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's so broad. People are like, um, I don't know. Don't Google. That's all. Yeah, I'm don't go yeah, don't Dr. Google is not a good option. <laughs> um, so we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Why do you find that nutrition is one of the hardest habits to transform um and for people to change? Oh my god. So honestly, I think it's because we're all we're all just really addicted to food, right? Yeah, yeah. And Everything you know, like you, you know, like people, everything is social, which is really interesting because so in my office, my population actually did better through COVID. Um, and I know COVID is a really, you know, it's impacted a lot of us, including myself. I lost my job over COVID um, over the summer. Right. So um, but COVID in general has showed showed people um, in my in my people that I see in my office, it has showed people that it is okay to actually cook your own food. You do not have to go out. You don't have to go drive through. It's actually okay to prepare your own meal and it's okay to go for walks, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the dog shelters have no dogs anymore because everybody actually picked up a pet, right? Because they have more yeah. time. They work yeah. from home. They have, um, they, so we have all this extra time now, right? So 
in a way it in in a, for 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 some so for a small part of of all of this right covid was a blessing in disguise right yeah because um, a lot of good things also came out of it and i probably hate me for saying that but you know no, i i, I have family so. members that also passed away from covid so yeah. i think everybody was was affected in some way or another but there's some good things that are coming out of it right so um it is the hardest thing for people to change is the food so we we are very addicted everything used to be like social every everything that we do is social is food right like we go and meet friends for food we go you know um even coffee let's meet for coffee well but the coffee that's the big place the yeah. big places right have like what 500 calories a pop yes, right and so much cake, sugar so much sugar right and you know that now i mean i'm sure you looked at your little Fit, fit pal and whatever like your fitness pal and whatever like your little watch right the garments yeah. and stuff 500 calorie coffees are five miles running yeah. to burn that off or five miles walking if you run it you get it over quicker but if yeah. you walk it you still have to walk five miles right yeah right yeah so that's people don't wild. realize that yeah it's like really wild and i mean that's how i look at food right like yeah. i see a donut and i'm like okay how much do i have to run to burn this baby off right and i do is like, it really worth it no yeah is it really worth it that's the question is it worth it when yeah. you realize that i feel like you you're like no it's not worth it anymore so it's easier to like yeah. not reach for it. as whereas before yeah. when you are unaware you're like yeah i'll easily reach for that it tastes good it's sugary it's got a lot of fat in it all these things you know pairs well with my 500 calorie coffee you know i'll exactly, eat it right? and and uh, a lot of the food is just very addictive right so there's lots of studies that show us that um when we detox from sugar right which is a program that i kind of run it's like a six-week program that i'm going with my patients through and my clients my person my private clients as well and like basically get them off of sugar right mm -hmm. and and food is just all the carbohydrates are very addictive right and it's it's like you know it's like coming off of a drug right and the body really loves the sugar because what is sugar is energy right so it doesn't want a 12 grain bread it wants a donut or it wants yeah. a coke because it's a quick sugar right so um so yeah it is the hardest thing to change and so i usually just and I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but I usually just start with like maybe one change. Yeah. I pick one meal. I pick, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever I find is the easiest for that person to change. And that's what we're changing. Mm. And then when we figure that out, we'll go ahead and we'll change something else. Establish mm. habits, change something else. And that's why, you know, you, you, the, the coaching is everything. Yeah. You gotta That's meet them. I mean, I meet them every at. week. Yeah. And and you gotta like talk to them and you've gotta you've gotta just tell them it's okay that you're craving the sugar, but you have to combat that, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's hard. How long do you find that it takes people to um kind of eliminate this sugar craving? I feel like it's always there, but being able to I, I'm thinking a minimum of six weeks, like your program, but usually that's just kind of the kickstart it takes longer to like ingrain that habit almost in that way of eating of like le way less sugar in their diet well yeah so i actually see changes already like the way they feel within one or two weeks right yeah totally but they still have that urge to to like, grab something yeah right? Or, yeah right it, it, it's like 
it's like, oh my God, there's like donuts in my, I mean, my office is really notorious for that too, right? Like yesterday I walked in my office and they were eating McDonald's ice cream. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you guys, like, it's only breakfast and you have yeah. ice cream. Like, and they're so addicted to that sugar, right? They, they can't, they can't help themselves, right? So yeah. um, it's really sad. And, and so, yeah, it takes about, I mean, six weeks is a good way, is a good way to do it. But then they, I usually have to like get them back in like I would say three months four yeah. months for like for people to really like feel good and like but it's the it's the techniques that you have to teach people it's like okay if you are if you don't eat a lot of food all day you're going to be starving and then you go and overeat right so yeah. you have to work on those habits like okay how do we combat that and again the protein post came out of that right because I was talking to a lot of people about I don't care if you're hungry we always eat when we're not hungry, right? Yeah. I, there's not a lot of people that I personally know that really are starving. Yeah. So a lot of us eat out of boredom or because mm. it's available or because it's noon, because it's lunchtime, right? So I'm like, yeah. well, you can eat a little bit of protein when you get up in the morning. And I'm just talking about, you know, two tablespoons of yogurt for all I care, right? A little yeah. bit of coffee, grab some lunch meats or something. But when you set yourself up and like you're actually not even falling into that hole where you're hungry, then you actually kick those habits of the sugar addiction. Mm. Very simple, but it's really the hardest thing for people to do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, I mean, I too found this with my personal like nutrition journey. Um, I was every morning I would have a big old Starbucks coffee with lots of sugar and cream in it. And then also like a cheese Danish. So like sugar and fat. Um, but I realized now looking back, I realized I would have that in the morning, have this huge sugar rush. And then by like, that would be at seven ish in the morning. And then by like 10, 30, 11, I would just have this massive crash and I would be so hungry. But like my lunch was at noon. I had to like waited out. Um, I mean, I feel like it came with like a lot of emotional mood swings as well, just because I feel like sugar just takes you on this roller coaster. Um, yeah, and it's like, it goes like this, right? Yes. And when you add that protein to it, the sort of curve kind of like, you know, it goes like the zigzag when you like you eat and then you crash, you eat and then you crash. And it's that, it's that simple sugar that is really it just kind of like picks you up and it puts your blood sugar. If you ever had like a blood sugar monitor on you, you could like really yeah. see what damage that food really does. Right. Even good food. I mean, good food as yeah. in like fruit, bananas, grapes, you know, totally like spikes it. It super spikes it. Right. And then the, the fabulous thing is that the body knows how to get it back down, but it's this roller coaster, and you know, it's the easiest, the easiest energy source is your carbs, right? And it wants the simple carbs because it doesn't have to do any work for it, right? So yeah. if you drink a Coke, your body would love you for that because there's nothing that the body needs to do to actually get that sugar into your system, right? So, um, but then there is also nothing that really sustains a person. So then you kind of like you have that high and it, it, it's that insulin that kicks in and, and then you crash back down, right? So it's, it's just not a very good way of, of, you know, and then people are like, I have no energy. I'm like, yeah, because you, you didn't eat any energy. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, yeah. you just had sugar, right? Yeah. And your body and is working so hard to like stabilize your blood sugar. Like it's putting its energy elsewhere. So like you're left 
out to dry, you know, not much left. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I, I, it's the, the hardest thing for me is to tell people that it's okay to eat, um, especially at the beginning. So you got to have to break that habit of um, like their metabolism is all slow. And then I have a lot of people, especially my younger patients. I mean, there's a lot of people that are just not eating any food until like, oh, I'm not hungry until two or, yeah. or like even like nighttime. And then they're like, oh, I'm kind of nauseated and I don't feel good and I have no energy and um, I'm all constipated. And yeah. I don't know, I just want to drink Gatorades and um, like energy drinks and stuff like that. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, I can tell you five things already that you've done wrong. And yeah. if you change one, you can feel better. Right. Yeah. But I mean, People don't want to eat food at the beginning because they're so par they're so paranoid that they will gain weight because they want to lose weight, right? Yeah. But as you know, you slow down your metabolism. You yeah. have to start back that metabolism. You have yeah. to tell your body, "Hey, here's food. Like, use it, right? It's restart your metabolism, right? It's 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 the it's the craziest thing. So sometimes I spend thirty minutes convincing people that they just need to eat some food. And then this intermittent fasting yeah. is, is, it's just another fad diet, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, we're fasting all night, right? And, and we really don't need a lot of fasting for detox, right? I mean, it's, I, I don't, and I mean, there's all these kinds of like opinions out there, but I'm like, for, for weight loss, a long-term long fasting for weight loss in, in my, with my population, um, has not worked very well. Mm. Yeah. So getting up and eating even just like a little bit for breakfast, um, can help kind of kickstart that, that weight loss. Um, and, okay. and people don't need to eat a meal, right? People think you need to get up and make like a big meal. I'm like, no, like literally like I eat like two or three tablespoons of cottage cheese or some yogurt or, um, last night I had a little bit of munchies after dinner. Then I just ate a little bit of lunch meat actually. Mm, right? So yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a perfect person either. I'm just like everybody else. Like I like chocolates and I, I'm crave the chocolates, but then I actually have stuff at home that I'm grabbing first, like baby bell, you know, like the baby bell cheese or yeah. the laughing cow cheese or a, a cheese string or something that's like really a cheese string that's like really super easy, right? Like something that you can just grab and go a, a couple of handfuls of almonds, walnuts, whatever, right? Yeah. And then that takes that urge away to eat the sugar. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Right? Yeah. No, I love that. Um, super helpful. So informational. Um, so let's kind of chat about building a healthy plate. Um, how much water should someone consume each day? I have found that, you know, even with my personal journey, but even with my clients, a lot of people are not simply drinking enough water. It's always an energy drink or like a this or that. And it's just like not water. Like our body needs water. Um, do you have like a recommendation of like how much people should shoot for? So um, again, there's all kinds of different opinions out there, right? But I'll, I usually go by the Mayo Clinic's recommendations and the Mayo Clinic says that man in general should drink approximately 15, 15 um, cups of water and women should generally drink like 11. Okay. okay. So those are like eight ounces. Um, and then if you want to get all fancy, 
Um, so, which I don't really try to like get all fancy at my work because fancy doesn't work. It's yeah, simple. Simple, right? So I just tell them like drink, uh, uh, you know, like approximately the 64 fluid ounces per day, right? Mm. And just to begin with, okay? Yeah. So two big, two big, um, you know. Yeah, of like a, like a hydro yeah, flask exactly. or something. Exactly. And it, uh, I mean, we go as far as like, buy a jug of water, mark your water bottle as in like seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. nine o'clock, 11, one. So every two hours. And if you don't drink it down, then you know that you haven't been hydrating, right? Yeah. Um, so just like little tricks like that. But in general, if you want to get all fancy, <clears throat> you can say that um, the body weight in pounds mm -hmm. multiplied by uh, uh, 0 0.67 Mm. that will give you the fluid ounces per day. So your body body weight in pounds multiplied by 0.67 that gives you that gives you approximately how much a person should be hydrating and mm. preferably water, right? But um you know, you can drink you can drink coffee, you can drink tea, you know, people say that's more dehydrating, but you know, some of some of the people are I mean, if they don't drink their coffee, then they don't drink water, right? And I'm like, well, yeah. I, I take the coffee if it's not like any kind of a fancy coffee, obviously, right? Yeah. I, I let them count that towards that water intake as well, because otherwise they would never meet actually their hydration if I would cut yeah. out their coffee, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, but yeah, that's, that's in general. So, and a lot of us, I mean, myself too, like I had to actually buy a water bottle that, that was really like, I could keep track of it. Right. Because I was mm -hmm. like, I mean, especially in Arizona, people don't drink enough. Yeah. And then there, you know, you know that, right. Constipation, yeah. no energy. Yeah. Everything. Like, the body shuts down. It needs water to function. I'm like, I'm like, you've got to drink more water. Right. And then people are, I don't want to go to the bathroom all like every two hours. And I'm like, well, but that's just showing you that your kidneys are working. So that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but. yeah, a little flip of the mindset about the bathroom. <laughs> well, we want so you to be doing that. They're like, so yeah, once it stops becoming an inconvenience, it's and it's just like a part of life. Like this is going to be going on for, you know, the next 50, 60 years. We got to <laughs> like do this. I know. Um, so what does a well-balanced plate look like for you? And what types of food should be combined together? Um, I know you've mentioned before, like a protein with a carb to help kind of level out that blood sugar and things like that. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other recommendations or can you kind of go into that? Yeah, for sure. So I usually have my people draw out a plate mm -hmm. um, and I tell them pick, pick a smaller plate when you actually create your plates at home. So put those big dinner plates away and pick out like the smaller ones, right? And, and that's just more of like a psych you know, thing yeah. because when people have a bigger plate, they eat more food, right? Yeah. So then I want them to divide the plate up. So I cut, I basically cut it in half, right, on the piece of paper, right? So I have them draw a line down in the middle. And so the right side is going to be like the 50% um, of the plate. And that should be filled with vegetables, right? Something colorful, right? And like you've been on my Facebook, right? Eat a rainbow. Yeah. It's incorporating colors right and it could be red white green blue like there's got to be some color on it right so when people eat biscuit and gravy that's like that's no color. color 
Yeah. It's bland. <laughs> one, right. I'm like, yeah. no, where's your color? Right. Yeah. So I want them to really use that plate. So for lunchtime, that could be a salad, right? Yeah. Um, a tossed salad. Right. And then on the other side, I want them to cut that 50% into 20, like the top part is going to yeah. be 25% and that should be a protein, right? Mm. The proteins are, animal protein is preferred, right? Because it's better bioavailable, but there's a lot of vegetarians and vegans, right? So that's a whole different ball game. But usually yeah. most people that I work with are just like they eat. Regular. Yeah, animal protein. Yeah. So then the protein is the 25% and then the rest of the plate, there is another 25% missing. That should be fat. Mm. So that could be an avocado or like the nuts and the seeds on a salad. And then um, a little bit of those complex carbohydrates, right? So complex carbohydrates could be maybe brown rice or maybe like um, a sweet potato or maybe lentils, right? But keep in mind that that is literally like no more. And I usually show them a computer mouse. Yeah, yeah. Right, like that's small, like, yeah, small. very small amount, right? So I don't want them to eat a whole lot of complex carbs. Like obviously, you know, and I, you know that if I have a person that works out and lifts weights, the, the plate's gonna change. Totally, totally. The regular person, regular Joe Schmo works out maybe three times a week and it could be walking, right? Whatever. Like this is just a really easy way to look at the plate. So you divide yeah. it up 50%. And if there's no color on it, right? So the colors are vitamins and minerals, right? Fiber, yeah. right? The colors, right? If, if you go on keto diet, yeah, you don't have that. Mm. Right? People are cutting yeah. out all that stuff and then they're wondering why they're constipated yeah because yeah. that non-starchy vegetable is missing because that's also part of keto is like what 20 grams of carbs per day yeah and high super high fat yeah that's crazy and it works for a while right yeah well i find that all diets all of fad diets work until you the moment you get off them like yeah. in for keto diet you have to stay in ketosis for it to be working and then the moment you throw yourself out like you go out to a meal where like you are no longer in control of the food, like people fall out of it. And then to me, it's also more psychological of like, you feel bad that you broke your diet, you couldn't stick to anything. And then that just leads into this like chain of, oh, I already broke it. So like, let me just have ice cream and cookies and all the things. And like, it'll yeah. start back on Monday, you know, like, ugh. you I know, know. <laughs> and you do that a lot too, right? Why I just have to tell them, I'm like, okay, just own it. Yeah, it was own that you and there's no cheating, right? And I'm like, yeah. it's not called a cheat day, right? No, it's just own that you ate a pizza and like move on, right? Yeah, like, okay, you gotta just get back on it, right? Like that is yeah. because we're not when we learn how to ride a bicycle, we learn how to ride a bicycle and we fall off. So are we gonna stop learning? No, we're gonna go back on, right? It's like yeah. it's the same thing, right? So yeah, but the, the food, the plate, I mean, that's my version of a plate, right? Yeah. And it's very visual. Like I just have to draw it out with me in the, and then we kind of like label it a little bit and I'm like, okay. And then I teach them on the macronutrients as well while I'm doing that, right? So mm. I, um, I just have them draw it out and then people are very visual and, um, and they appreciate it. And then we make a list of foods, right? Like what are, what are carbs? What are protein? What's a fat, right? How do we incorporate all of that? I make a little quick little meal plan for them. It's like super easy to make a meal plan. Yeah. And I don't count, I don't count 
No, no. Oh, like that makes my heart hurt when people count. Um, usually I like to see how much people are eating like portion wise. Um, but I don't really care about the calories. Like that is just kind of, it's, it's 1200 calories. Who lives off of 1200 calories? Birds, maybe. Like, <laughs> a 10 year old child, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's not good. Um, I love that you make a list of the foods and then also create a meal plan for people. I found um, that when I plan out my meals for the week um, and even just picking a few meals and then having those, you know, kind of batch cooking and just making a lot at once so I don't have to cook all the time has really helped me stay on track in terms of, you know, reaching for something healthy versus like getting hungry. And then I realize I'm hungry and then I'm like, oh, like, I could just have some chocolate to hold me over or let me just eat some almonds that are right here. Um, so it, it can be just as easy as um, like we got really, we got really busy. So we actually have a company that we use that is delivering meals for us. Whoa. That's amazing. So, I mean, it's just like, if, if you, if you have the, the if you have the, you know, the, the possibility to, to help yourself out and like you don't have necessarily all the time to like meal prep and all of that like you can use tools like that as well right um a lot of people don't want to or i should say they can waste that money on it right because they're like super tight budgets but um it might actually budget wise more friendly to actually have somebody bring you the food and like okay this is what we're doing right but I mean, I can, I can work with anything, right? I mean, yeah. well, I mean, and I shop cheap too. Like I can, people are like, oh, food's expensive. I'm like, no, you can go to Food City, the 99 cent store. Like my 99 cent store actually has vegetables. There's Market on the Move. Have yeah. you heard of Market on the Move? There's no, like, uh, there's a uh, 60 pounds of produce for $10. And the Market on the Move is like really, really good for people to actually, like it's, you can just Google it actually. It's in the Valley. It's like oh, in wow. all kinds of, cities and they like literally move their market and you don't know what you're getting but it's always produce yeah. and it's volunteer workers and they basically just pack a box for you and you literally pay ten dollars and I ended I end up with like 60 pounds of produce and it's like they have a two people household so I give it away right and I'm yeah. like I can't eat all this food but there's really cheap ways for people to eat healthy yeah, I think people kind of get in this bad stigma of um, that healthy eating has to be expensive, like it has to be organic and blah, blah, blah. But like, I found that you can eat healthy for a really reasonable price, even going to like Sprouts on Wednesdays, you know, when they have double coupon day um, and just doing little things and almost, it just takes a little planning ahead, but you can be really, really smart and strategic so that you're not forking out money left and right. Um, and also when we have a plate, that's a quarter protein and half vegetables, like that already cuts down your cost per plate, because I think people are eating way too much protein, which runs your bill up because animal protein is more expensive versus vegetables. Like you said, 60 pounds for t 10 bucks. Like you can't really beat that. Um, so I think that um, we've kind of need to eliminate this stigma around, you know, healthy has to be expensive. Yeah. Um, it can be sometimes cheaper, I think. Well, and people think that they need to be eating organic, but honestly, like if you let, you know, everything has a 
positive and a negative, or like everything has two sides, right? Let's put it that way. So you have been eating, not you, Ali, but like yeah. a, a person, right? Yeah. <laughs> has been eating fast food. Yeah. And I tell them that we need to change the food, right? And then they're like, well, it's, I can't afford it. And I'm like, we don't have to, um, I even teach them how to eat healthy at like McDonald's drive throughs Like I, I, I mean, you ask me, I can, I can show you how to do it. Right. It's yeah. not a problem. Right. But people, people think they need to eat organic. And then if they can't eat organic, it's not going to be healthy. But I'm like, you're coming from fast food. I don't need you to be eating organic, to be honest. Yeah. Right? I just want a vegetable. Yes. Give me a vegetable, just a vegetable that you will actually incorporate. And like, literally for some of my people, I like literally start like that. And I'm like, okay, I want one color on your plate for all the plates that you're making. For there needs to be a color for breakfast and it could just be strawberries. There needs to be a color for lunch. It could be a cucumber and there needs to be a color for dinner. Give me a pepper. I don't care. Like something, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's a negotiation. I'm like, you do that and then, you know, we'll see. And then we'll add and we'll change and we'll, then we'll find out if we can actually do some of the stuff organic. I am not eating organic myself. Yeah. Um, I would probably focus more on organic if I had children that I needed to like be healthy, whatever. But um, I, you know, there's definitely a dirty dozen. Um, there's yeah. the list, you know, yeah. people. I mean, we everybody makes their choice, right? Um, so you know, any anyway, I have an, I have my own garden, so I I started Ooh. growing my tomatoes again and stuff. So I love that. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's all kinds of ways to eat healthier. Doesn't yeah. Love that. Yes. Yeah. So if you're eating a ton of fast food, incorporate more vegetables and then, you know, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing mindset. Um, I love that. Like we'd ha rather have some vegetables than none. Mm -hmm. And if you do want to like eat organic, it doesn't have to be everything. I think the clean 15 and dirty dozen list is excellent to follow if you are opting for that, but that should be way further down the road. Like let's get these habits of having color on your plate and vegetables in there before we even get to that step. Um, just because it's to me money that could be wasted, um, where it doesn't need to be when we're just starting out at like a kindergarten level. And like, that could be like fifth grade, you know, it doesn't have to happen right now. But yeah, for sure. Right. Um, one last thing I want to touch on is artificial sugars. I would love to get your input on this. There are so many artificial sugars, um, kind of popping up on the market, whether that's, um, you know, we have classic ones kind of like Splenda or Stevia more recently. Um, and then we have things like monk fruit sweetener or agave or, um, I don't know, all, literally all of the things. What's your take on artificial sugars? Do you feel like it makes people crave more um, in kind of the spiral? Um, what's your what's your put, input? So, yeah, for sure. I think artificial sugars are very addictive. Yeah. Um, and they're, they actually, so here's, here's the thing. Let's start from the beginning. So if I have a person that drinks a Coke, yeah. I want them to come off of that Coke. And the next step, and I don't really like it too much, and I don't want them to stay on that step for a whole lot of time, I will tell them drink a diet soda. Mm. Okay? And I, but I will tell them that after the diet soda, there better be no soda, right? Mm. So, I mean, in a nice way. I, I do all of this in a nice way, obviously. Right? But I, I will tell them that it is, you know, it is better to have um, a diet soda with 
zero calories than a Coke with 150 calories, okay? And then we're like weaning people off. And it's the same like with weaning somebody off of these sugars is just as bad as coming off of like cigarette smoking, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a chemical and these are, and like, it's like, I mean, again, sugar is very addictive. And then the artificial sugars are, obviously they're FDA approved. There's actually five, right, that are FDA approved. And I, I actually wrote them out, so I won't like screw them up. So there's the saccharin, um, and then we have the acid sulfame, right, which is equal, right? And then we have the aspartame, which is um, also found in equal. And then neotame is like more like a food. Um, you can't really buy that in packages usually, right? And then we have sucralose, right, which is Splenda. So those are like the five that are artificial and they are approved by the FDA. But yes, they're approved by the FDA to be safe, but I don't know what happens in 20 years now that all of these people are on artificial sugars. We probably have a problem in like 20, 30 years, right? And 100%. Right from these sugars. I still think that regular sugar is like the most natural thing, yeah. right? Like just have sugar. Like, I drink a coffee every day and I put regular sugar in it. Yeah. At least I know it's sugar and I know how much sugar I'm putting in it, right? Yeah. So I, I keep it super simple, right? But um, the American Association, the Heart Association and the Diabetic, uh, the, yeah, the Diabetic Association, right? They, they've agreed on these artificial sugars as being better for diabetes, but they also find now with the newest research that people use it as like an excuse. Right. Yeah. So, so the numbers of diabetes have not gone down. The numbers of diabetes or obesity have not gone down. Right. So it should have, right. Because we have all these artificial sugars and there's no yeah. calories. But the problem, and as you know, right, people drink a diet Coke and then they eat French fries because they think they can make up for it. Right. Yeah. Or it's like it equals it out. Right. Yeah. That's not really how that works. Right. Yeah. So these artificial sugars are super, super sweet. Um, some of them are like 600 times sweeter than sugar. Yeah. I mean, I can't even like really like put my like. Yeah. 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 So when you have a person that does all these artificial sugars, they're, they're used to having everything super sweet. So when I give them um, blackberries or blueberries to eat, they don't even like them. Yeah. It's not like, sweet enough. It's tart. It's not sweet enough. Yeah. So, they want them dipped so, in sugar. Yeah, they, exactly. They want everything dipped in sugar because they want things to be sweet. Okay. So it's a really fine line to walk on. Right. So, um, and then there you also have like the stevia, the truvia and the monk fruit. Right. So those are actually, I think they're better. They're plant-based, right. Mm. Um, they do have a little bit of calories in them. Right. But they will still give you, um, they will still give you, you know, um, sweetness, but I am not a big fan of them taste-wise. They're like kind yeah. of different. Yeah, they taste, so, they're a little different. Yeah, they taste different. And I, I'm, you know, I'm like, man, again, right? I would rather like drink my coffee black or just with yeah. milk yeah. or actually like just use regular sugar. But, yeah, you know, regular sugar to a lot of people, regular sugar is not sweet enough. And yeah. they're like, it tastes boring, right? And yeah. I mean, I run a lot of my people, they're just like, eating healthy is boring. It has no taste. I'm like, yeah, because your taste buds are totally shot, right? Like yeah. you don't even know what food tastes like anymore, right? Yeah. It takes time to like almost heal your taste buds um, to almost like now I crave 
a healthy meal, like a salad with lots of fruits and vegetables and avocado and all these things. But before it's hard to like, it would be torture to eat that because I didn't, um, like my taste buds wanted fries or like a Chick-fil-A sandwich or just things that were so one single color and just blah and bland. Um, and so it's hard to, it's hard to like want the salad when, you know, your taste buds want like fat, sugar and all the things, you know, the simple carbs. So actually there's, um, so there's a bunch of really good studies and, and, um, one of them actually showed that people that drink 21 diet sodas a week in comparison to people that drink 21 regular sodas per week, the diet soda people were twice as likely to actually become overweight or obese or diabetic. What? That's just crazy, right? And I'm like, so yes, I mean, artificial sugars, you know, we don't really know. It's like, it. I mean, there's still great research that's being done, but it's changing, you know, it's, it's a chemical, it's made by somebody, right? And I'm like, it's like, just like those low fat items, like, I don't really teach people low fat or like sugar free. I'm like, no, like, I want you to eat regular food, a regular milk, it doesn't have to be low fat, right? I want you to drink a regular like milk in your coffee, because it keeps you fuller for a longer time. Yes. If you if you do anything like sugar free, they take the they take the sugar out and then they put something else in it to yeah. make it taste good. Yes. So fat free. Fat free is the same thing. They take yeah, the fat more sugar. Out. Yeah, then they add something in it because the fat gives you taste. Yes. If you ever ate a good steak and there's some fat on it, right? It's that Yeah, fat. that's why. It's a fat that tastes good. Yeah. So food is food is it it's gotta be it's simple and food is fun, right? Yeah. Um, but food is also energy, right? So yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot to it, and there's probably a lot of, I mean, there's different opinions even within the my friends, right? Everybody has a different opinion on something, right? But um, this has been this has all all what I've been talking to you about is exactly what I do for work. This is how I teach, and my people do excellent on this. Mm. so that's what I'm kind of doing and yeah backing it up with like some of the research right it I mean definitely but Mm. there's no magic pill I'm sorry people no there's no magic pill no quick fix you have to be in it for the long haul it's I always tell people it's a lifestyle not a diet or you know a trendy thing like this is just how you should be eating 24 7 exactly and and I don't you know, yeah, 24 seven is the goal, right? But yeah. if you did 80%, you're- Yeah, 80, 20, sorry. Yeah, 80, 20. Oh, I, I just, know what you're saying, <laughs> right? But yeah, but you should shoot for 24 seven because yeah. then you're gonna get there 80% and this is what we need, right? Because I eat regular food, like I yeah. eat pizza and I, you know, I mean, and it, but I don't feel like it's a cheap meal, right? It's, yeah, you don't feel guilt around it. There's so much guilt around eating a food. Like, I feel like it, I call it all, like soul food, like food that like feeds your soul and it's like feels good yeah. and it's tasty. Um, but then, yeah, you just can't be doing that all the time. Our body won't function how it should. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's definitely, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle and it's going to always, it's always going to be there. People are always going to be struggling yeah. and how to, mot- to motivate people to eat better. Um, there's two, two different people that I see in the office. There's the guys. Um, they're like, men, especially are motivated by a catastrophe. Mm. So they're, 
friend or their, you know, their, their, um, their father or their brother just had a heart attack, um, you know, and passed away or, right. So that's the catastrophe. And now the wake up call. Yeah. Wake up call. They're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm heading down the same way. So they're, they're like catastrophe driven and men are, (laughs) they are really, when they actually set their mind to something, they are doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like, I have a lot of people, especially my male patients or clients, I get them off of like a lot of medication, a lot of diabetes medication, right? With like discipline and like, they really, once they figure it out, they're like, oh my God. And then I have the women that are more driven by bikini season. Yeah, like physical. Yeah. It's more like the physical. So they don't need a catastrophe in their life to actually have that lifestyle change. They need more like a goal. Okay, so like there's a wedding coming up and I need to feel right yeah um so it's obviously black and white right there's like the people in between as well um or then i have my younger people that are you know pre-diabetic they want to have a baby and they just they they have been told by their doctors if you don't lose weight you will not compete because it's just part of it right yeah like my pcos and all of that stuff yeah um it's very interesting um you know it's all it's it's fun yeah fun I love, I think nutrition's fun. I think it's truly the pathway to um, freedom in terms of like feeling like your best, living truly like your best life. It sounds so cornball, but like if you don't feel good and you're not fueling your body properly, like you can't go out and do these things like come full circle and run marathons. You can't go out and just be active with your kids. You can't feel good when you go to the beach or the pool or whatever. There's so many things that food, I think, um, like it's kind of the root cause of everything um you know and then obviously you know just as a kind of like wrap it up like people obviously people have a lot of problems a lot of financial issues a lot of a lot of stuff is going on right but you you know like the worst thing that a person can do right now in like the world we're living in is to like neglect what they're actually eating right and there's definitely when when I see a person that tells me that they don't have any money for any of the things that I'm suggesting, I like literally have them sit down and like we go through their bills. Mm-hmm. I want to see how they wait. Like, do they where do they actually spend their money on? Right. Yeah. And like, and I like focus obviously focus more on like the food, right? Okay. Yeah. So where do you shop? Like, what do you shop for? Like, do you bring a list? Do you make a list? Do you actually have a plan? Do you set yourself up to like grocery shop or do you just kind of shop, right? Or do you eat out a lot? Do you do like, you know, Uber Eats or whatever people are doing, right? And I'm like, fast food is not necessarily a better choice because it's not necessarily cheaper. Like I get my coffee, right? Um, At the McDonald's, I love McDonald's coffee, right? So I go there a lot to get coffees and I see what people buy when they're in front of me, right? A breakfast for ten dollars is is not it's not what I spend on my breakfast. I probably spend three dollars on my breakfast, right? So, you know, and it's it's way way healthier than you know anything like fast food or drive through, right? Yep. So, um, people need to really kind of like budget and and you know if you want to do something healthy and you want to stay out of trouble right now is the right time to focus on health and, and wellness, right? It's, yeah. It's a matter of fact. Because yeah. all of the comorbidities and everything is uh, leading to a higher risk to becoming sick. 
Yep. Right? Yeah. So, mm. Yeah, definitely. It's so much fun, right, Alex? Yeah, I love this. This is I the fun it. stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, um, it's something that I, I personally had struggled with food for so long. But I could interview you, actually, because you... You should be on on my uh, you should be my interview partner and like you should tell your story to people that I know that think that they can do it. Oh yeah, because I've I've honestly seen oh you'll appreciate this I've seen both ends of the spectrum. I was over two hundred pounds. I lost a ton of weight. Like really struggled with like disordered eating. I was down to a hundred and twenty three pounds. Um, and then now it's so crazy. Well, it's not crazy. I sit literally right in the middle at like 150, 155, 160. Um, and so every, like what caused both of those like massive swings, food, like you can't outwork a bad diet. You can't starve yourself and function how you actually want to. So, um, yeah, so I find it's fun. It's fun for me to talk about now. Um, cause like I've lived through that personal hell of you know nutrition and trying to figure it out but once you figure it out you're like whoa this is actually how good i can feel it's like it's mind-blowing so i'm glad i'm glad you find it fun too um thank you so much for coming on the show i'm so excited to get this one out um thank you thank you and we'll have to do this again soon this is so much fun actually we could talk forever right literally All right. Well, this was fun, Allie. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Allie Michi podcast. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at AllieMcGee.com. And be sure to follow me on Insta at the Allie McGee podcast.